Hello, everyone, and welcome to our first episode of The Coliseum. We are wrestling through Romans, and I'm really excited um, for this first episode for us to kind of go deeper into one book of the Bible and a book of the Bible um, that, according to some scholars, is one of the most misunderstood or misused books of the Bible. Um, And we are just looking for ways that it can uh, bless us. So I'm really excited about uh, getting to have these conversations um, and going deeper in Romans and getting to have more um, of a conversation around Romans than we get to in a typical gathering setting. So my name is Haley Eccles. I'm the um, director at Campus City Wesley and very glad to have these wonderful friends with us to discuss Romans. Um, And I also want to know from each of you, as you introduce yourselves, what you're bringing to this conversation about Romans today. So um, first we have Brooke. She is our assistant director um, and uh, not scared of a fight with scripture. So Brooke, can you introduce yourself? Yes, um, I'm Brooke. I am an assistant director for CCW. And yeah, I, um, it's funny, like there was a time in my life where I, when you talk about like, what do you bring to a book in the Bible? I wouldn't really have much, but now I don't know. I've, (laughs) I've been thinking about these passages and books for so long, (laughs) um, with a lot of feelings. So, um, I'm bringing, um, I'm trying to bring humility, um, and that's juxtaposed by my fervor. Um, like on one hand, like I want to approach it with this question mark of looking for the wisdom that's there and honoring that and honoring the thoughts that are inside of it. Um, but I also come come with my strong opinions and feelings and my, um, I just like, it's like, okay, like we've read Richard Rohr's book and I love Richard Rohr. I believe, I agree with like all of his theology, but like the way he comes across sometimes I'm like a little bit taken aback. That's sort of how I feel about Paul except I don't agree with his theology. So I'm trying to, um, but I think I do, I'm excited to read the book about Romans to see if there's anything, but I come in with this like strong anti-Paul, anti-Romans bias. So I'm, I'm like trying to, I'm somewhere in between those two opposing things. Well, I'm sure you're not alone in some of those things. And honestly, I, I don't think I've done a deep dive on a Pauline text since seminary, mostly because there's just so much in the gospels and I've really been focusing there. Um, but yeah, I think, um, I'm really excited to dive in and see what feels different this time around. Um, we also need to introduce our ministry associate, um, Neil, Neil, if you can, uh, introduce yourself and what you're bringing to the tech, uh, to Romans. Hello. Uh, yeah, I'm Neil. 
ministry associate, sometimes refer to myself as the worship boy because that's where a lot of my responsibilities lie with CCW. Um, I think what I'm bringing to this text is just like an openness to find the redemption in it <laughs> because this, these, these, as I was reading through it again, uh, just, you know, before this to refresh myself and I was like, Oh Jesus. Yeah, this is, we're, we're getting into it on this one. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, how are we, how am I going to find a silver lining in this? Like, was, so, uh, that's what I'm bringing, uh, is just like, yeah uh an openness to find like a redemption in this passage and sort of like what brooke said like the i guess like the knowledge and stuff that's there the wisdom that's there so yeah thank you neil and uh last our guest this week who um like until recently would have been the host um is derek um and i am going to let you introduce yourself so Yo, well, I'm Derek, uh, Derek Scott III, I'm co-executive director of Campus and City Wesley Foundation and digital campus minister, creative producer for Studio Wesley, and I'm a lay leader in the Florida Conference and just super busy and loving life, and uh, I am excited to be a part of this podcast. Thanks for the invitation, Haley, because I don't just walk into these spaces. Um, I am invited in, and so I always take it as an honor and a privilege. I will be honest that I am bringing to this text a recognition that on one layer, um, <laughs> we are about to talk about people who uh, sometimes uh are said look like the the topic that gets raised in the first chapter of this book we'll see what happens if if i talk about it um but the other piece of this is i actually have come to love paul and it's because of uh, the history uh more than the projections that we see in the text it's the the history of what paul is actually doing in the story of jesus the large story of jesus and the work that he does to not just bring the gospel to non-Jews, but legitimizes the gospel work and the church within Gentile, non-Jewish Christian community. He does so much work. And the truth is, all of us who cannot claim any kind of Jewish heritage are a part of the Jesus story and, and in the Jesus family because of the work that Paul does. Everybody's complicated, you know, like my granddad is complicated and I live in his memory. And Paul is a complicated figure and I've come to appreciate that complication and also happy to wrestle with him when I get there um, if we need to, but I think I think he's going to be like, actually, Derek understood me, and I love him for it, and I'm here for it. So, I, 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 uh, my favorite verse in all of the New Testament is in this letter, um, and uh, so I'm, I appreciate it deeply. But I also understand that uh, Paul is a complicated figure. So, yeah. Well, thank y'all, um, and I will uh, do y'all the honor of answering my own question versus putting all the the responsibility on y'all and. What I am bringing is two really heavy words to Romans, uh, Romans road, 
Um, it is definitely the lens I was taught to see Romans in, in like this systematic, um, systematic theological presentation of what it takes to be saved, um, being offered in this book and wanting to have, um, a, a, a wanting to look at that more critically. Um, I'm not sure that will emerge and say that it doesn't say those things, but more about the larger context behind it versus pulling out just a few verses. Um, so yeah, we are also going through um, trying to do a sort of deeper dive through Romans, but I want to acknowledge that in order for us to cover the whole book, we are going through kind of sections and and thematic passages, and it's going to be more than we can really cover. Um, it is it's just going to not be quite as deep as we would want it to be for some of us. For others, it might be <laughs> plenty, um, but. Our first section we're looking at is kind of this introduction and setup to uh, Romans that takes us from Romans chapter one, verse one, all the way through Romans chapter three, verse 20. So that's a lot of text to deal with. We're not going to read it all uh, during this podcast. So if you haven't read those sections, you can pause it now. Um, you can search, a, an audiobook that'll read it to you or read it really quick and come back, um, and listen, but that's the section that we're going to be dealing with today. So we want to start, um, with us, uh, with three simple questions. Um, our first question is what did you like? then what challenged you? And finally, what is your blessing? And this question kind of comes from the idea. Um, for me, I frame it very much in a passage that happens in Genesis where Jacob is wrestling um, with God for a blessing. Um, but that when we come to challenging passages of scripture, when we wrestle with them, how do we emerge with with a blessing? What is it that God tells us through that? And how is it, how are we changed by it? So um, let's start though, with what did you like? And those kind of initial impressions, how you might've felt welcomed or encouraged by the text. And I'll start with Brooke. Yeah, there was a passage that I really liked. Um, yeah, I'm looking through it just because you said, how did you feel welcomed? Um, I've been, um, Haley and I are kind of doing um, a Bible reading plan. And so I've been like flying through the New Testament and reading, listening to the letters like over and over and over again, the structure gets to be familiar and welcoming. And what I really love is how Paul, um, how he greets people. And grace and peace to you from God, our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. I think that's really sweet. Like I, um, and again, like the things Paul says after that, sometimes they're kind. Sometimes, oftentimes, I wouldn't describe them as kind. But I, I do believe in Paul's sincerity when he says grace and peace to you. And how he starts it off 
on that kind note, regardless of like whatever else he's about to say. Um, but the part that I really liked was, um, and again, like I'm not a biblical scholar, I'm not a biblical scholar. So I read this and this is what I got from it, but it could be totally off. But Romans 2, 17 through 24, what I like is that I feel like this passage is talking about how um, it's pretty basic. Like this is a pretty like basic gospel <laughs> principle, but the idea that when we, um, he's talking about like people judging each other um, and I feel like he's saying like, oh, like you're talking about people shouldn't do this, shouldn't do this, shouldn't do this. But are you thinking about the ways that you do that or the ways that you've done that? Um, and this principle of like, you should correct yourself before you correct anyone else. And um, because I've, I've been <laughs> been reading the New Testament, like I know I know that like sometimes Paul says like you should judge people. I don't know. He he has a nuanced understanding of like what it is to pass judgment on people in community, but I um but I um I appreciate I appreciate this thought. Um which again, like it's straight straight from what Jesus says that worry about like what what you need to focus on. Um, I've really been thinking about that principle. It's been coming up in a lot of different readings that I've been doing <laughs> in the new year um, of like the most powerful thing that we can do is do what we want to do. Um, like make like make the change that we want to see in the world and ourselves. That's a really new concept. No one's ever tried to say anything like that before. Um, but it's, I don't know. It it's a profound thing. It's a simple thing. Um, but it's something that can really be thought a lot about and implemented in really beautiful ways. And I was happy to read that in this passage. Thanks, Brooke. Um, Neil, what did you like? Man, it took me a while to find something I like in this passage. Um I, I'm not afraid to admit that. I will say, like, I think I think the bit that like speaks, um, I don't know. Like, I think the bit that speaks to me the most it would be like verses like sixteen and seventeen. Like the way I'm reading it here, it's sort of, um, I guess, subtitled like the power of the gospel or whatever. But it's basically talking about how like, you know, like God's saving power is like for everybody. And I always love like themes, like within anything really, you know, songs, books, movies, whatever it is about how like nobody is beyond redemption and how it's never too late for that kind of redemption. Like, cause it, it isn't really like the only time it's like too late sort of is when you're dead. You know, uh, I was thinking a little bit ago about, um, the story of like Jesus's crucifixion, how there was the penitent thief who we sort of know as saint dismas uh and like dismas like you know th thief like he's up there like crucified dying and then basically said to jesus like hey like remember me and stuff and jesus took him to paradise like he is literally dying and so it was never like actually like too late for him you know 
And I think that, you know, verses like 16 and 17, like really say that, you know, like where it says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, it is God saving power for everyone who believes it's like that, that really resonates with me. So, yeah, thanks, Neil. Um, Derek, what about you? What did you like? I'm just, and it's so weird that like, I, <laughs> I have lots to like about the beginning of Romans. I know I'm not supposed to, like I'm not supposed to, but hopefully later on in the episode, um, I'll just put this here. I'll put this here, Haley, and feel free to edit it out. Part of the problem with Romans is that I don't think we read it correctly. Because if you're reading, this is Derek, but I got history and analysis to back this up. If you're reading Romans, like, John Piper speaking at a passion conference. You're not, you're reading it wrong. And even if you're reading Romans, like a, a moderate Christian pastor in like a nice white church reading, you know, talking to a congregation, you're reading it wrong. Because Rome if a message was going to be given in Rome, and this is where the Colosseum is a perfect image for this. There's literally this person standing in the middle of the town and they are embellishing and they are dramatic and they are using their words and, and going up and down. Like you literally have to go back to the context. The context so matters with this letter. And that's just not how we've been taught to read it. We've been taught to read the words. We've not been taught to read the room. And Romans is a book about reading the room as much as it's about reading the words. And I, I, and this is why I love it. It's why, it's not my favorite book in the New Testament and it's definitely a challenging one, but it's definitely a book that I'm like, this is interesting. So I just, I'll like that, put that on the table and send me the hate mail because that's my opinion. It's my take. And again, I've got history and analysis back it up. Okay. The thing that I like about it on top of the fact that it's a whole conversation about how to read it. I love the responsibility that Paul feels for this church that he hasn't even visited yet. I love this, that thing in Paul that feels like, um, and there's like a really unhealthy way of thinking about it, but this, this sense that like, you, you're Gentiles who are coming to faith. I got to take care of you. And so I love like what he says, verse 13 of chapter one, I want you to know brothers and sisters that I plan to visit you many times, although I have been prevented from coming up from coming until now. This feels like me. It's like, I have wanted to have coffee with you so many times. You have no idea how many doodles and calendar links I tried to work out to get to you. And I've just, it's not worked out. Um, and he goes on to say, I want to harvest some fruit among you, just as I have done among the other Gentiles. I have a responsibility to both to Greeks and to those who don't speak Greek, both to the wise and to the foolish. I love this thing about Paul. And yes, that responsibility sometimes takes him down roads that are very drastic, that he is addressing things that maybe he doesn't need to talk about. Like maybe, maybe that's actually not your, your, your thing, Paul. Maybe that's not you heard about it, but that doesn't mean you got to talk about it. Like, but this is what you do when you feel a responsibility. I mean, I think about my friends who are parents who are all up in their kids' stuff. And some of the stuff that their kids are going through is like, 
let them handle it. Like, and this is where college students are like, yes, let me handle it. Yes. But when you have that kind of responsibility for a person or a group, you you can't help but just like want to spread your wings over them and just like get involved in every nook and cranny. And this is this is this is what I see. And I love it. I am welcomed into that kind of spiritual responsibility. And again, this is one of the reasons I have I've come to love Paul and is one of the things that I try to emulate um, and 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 continue to think about in my ministry. Um, gosh, I want to feel that responsibility that doesn't just do the, oh, we can make the coffee workout. No, I'm I'm grieved when I can't make the coffee workout. I'm grieved when I go a month and haven't connected with my people. Um, because all I want to do, just like, well, I just want to, I want to be helpful. I want to, I want to pour in. I want to, I want to give them what they need. I don't want them to lack anything. And I hear all of that in Paul um, in this first chapter specifically. So there you go. Thanks, Derek. I, um, I love the enthusiasm. I really do. And I love that you went right after Neil because the juxtaposition was just incredible. <laughs> and I I think I sit somewhere in the middle of, you know, I certainly don't love everything from this section. And also a reminder that this is like a setup section. So there, there are also huge chunks of it where, um, I just kind of feel like I read over them and like, ah, oh, that's just part of the introduction. When are we going to get to the good stuff? Oh no, we're really going there. Maybe I didn't want to get to the good stuff yet kind of thing. Um, I there's, there's this one thing I liked. This is like kind of more of a side note than it is anything, but I really love when Paul like corrects himself where he's like, I I'm coming to strengthen you. I, I'm that's not what I meant. I meant that we can mutually encourage each other. Not that I have anything special to bring to you. Like, I just love the way that he like corrects himself in that moment. He doesn't strike through it. He just leaves it in there. And anyway, I just think that's funny. Um, but for me in this section, the theme that I really appreciate is the idea in my translation. Um, it is verse uh, chapter two, verse 29. Um, and he's talking about circumcision here, which I realize is like, it's, it's a whole thing, but, um, he says it's spiritual and not literal. And I feel like if we held on to this idea of it being spiritual and not literal, then so many other things that are happening among, um, like what is being said and among the body kind of are unlocked in a different way. There's this idea that life in this faith community is going through Jesus. And so a lot of things that, that we might think are really important, we're taking too literally um, because we haven't actually read them through Jesus. And so I think that'll help set me up for the challenging sections, but that is my, um, kind of my thought around some of those challenging sections. So, um, yes, challenging sections do happen though. Um, and they're doozy. 
in the beginning. That's just how it is. But Neil, would you start us off with what challenged you? Uh, okay. So I, I, I had a thought there as, as you were talking and I realized I was like, you know, if you had to, if you met somebody who didn't know what Christianity was, right. The verses you probably wouldn't want them to read, right. You want everybody to read John three sixteen, right. It's nice and palatable who like in what situation would you ever tell somebody? Yeah. You want to know what Christianity? Uh, yeah. Read Romans one through three that that'll be great for you <laughs> because there's so much like, there's just so much like going on. Like there's like from like, it's just a whole lot of like, people are bad. These are the bad things that people do. These are like, the, the, these are the things like we're all, we're all terrible people. We're all, we're all hopeless. We're all foolish, faithless, heartless, like rootless. Like it's all these like things. And then you get through ver- like, you know, chapter one, you're like, okay, cool. It's not going to keep going. Right. And then it keeps going into two and it keeps going into three. And it's just a lot of like, these are all the bad, the bad things. Um, uh, okay, quick question. Can I swear? <laughs> Is that a sometimes the 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 magnitude of feeling can't be captured in any other words. Uh so you know it might just be necessary. You just have to t- you have to make that decision. Yeah. yeah, okay. Well, if you know, regardless, we can edit it out later. It's fine. But the one thing that like hit me in this because um in like uh chapter three like verse nine like he's like in my translation he says what then like are we any better off no not at all and it reminded me of this uh song that i've been listening to a lot which is all about like um the fragility of like modern male masculinity and stuff and how like we're not really given any healthy role models but anyway at one point in the song he literally just says maybe we're just all fucked like and that's kind of what like all of this is like giving me it's like maybe 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 there's no hope you know it's like things are pretty bad it seems so that's that's the root of a lot of my challenges in this I love it it's also such a four challenge like our whole existence um Derek what is your challenge? Okay, my challenge, I'm going to do this as fast as I can and as clearly as I can. I'm challenged because I actually think people are missing the point of what Paul is trying. And this is where we get to the, I'm just going to go ahead and go in on the copper passages. And so I'll just use this as an example. I don't know if you've ever been in a conversation with someone, an important conversation with someone. This is possibly like Haley with Chris Brooke, maybe with with your parents, uh, Neil, maybe with Grace or with your boss, like me. Um, <laughs> you're like you're saying all of this stuff, and you use this like one thing as an example, like just for example. And but you've got this like thing you're trying to say, and the person you're talking to gets stuck on your for example, like they just cannot. They just, they they are stuck on your for as if your for example is the whole reason that you showed up for the conversation just to get this one little full example thing in there. And so that's one part of this that like the clobber passage that we, you know, where he talks about women giving up natural desires, sleeping with women, men doing the same thing. And so the God gave him over to the, 
I don't know if y'all read the passage. That's not what he's talking about. Like this is a, for example, this is a footnote in the larger context. And here's one way that we figure that out. If you read the text in that, that section in chapter one, where Paul is like, they, 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 he keeps talking about somebody else. And then he turns it around and that turnaround happens at the beginning of chapter two, which Paul's not writing in chapters. Some European decided later that that was going to be the beginning of the next the next breath. When Paul writes this letter, it's all this big, massive letter that we've broken up into 14 chapters to make it readable. After Paul has done all this they, 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 they stuff, he's like, but you. This whole thing has been about the people that he's actually writing the letter to. It's not about them. I mean, this is what we do, right? Like we we have this thing where and this is not just in religion, like this is in politics. And I think that it's it's just, it's it's even in academia, like, right? There's always this they, and we get so hung up on the they that's not like us. And, and he's using it as an example, but he's trying to talk about you. And so when people come to this letter, this is my challenge, like people come to this letter and they think that Paul is talking about them. No, Paul's talking about you. And that's good. That's what we need. Like we need somebody to speak to us. But he's 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 just doing a for example. So that's like one layer that this is actually not about them. And I'm challenged because I know that people read this text and they think that Paul's talking about them. No, Paul's talking about you. And here's the second layer. Again, context matters. This passage, it just piles on. It's like they're they're bad. No, they're really, really bad. No, they're so bad. No, they are so evil. They they are they are the evil of evil. They invented evil. In fact, they keep coming with new types of it. They are so and this is where I just want to like slow down, Nancy. Do you know someone like this? And this is where I gotta talk about us queer folk. Are we, do you know queer folk that do this, that do the stuff that's listed in this stuff, this, this passage? Okay, so fine. Maybe he's talking about me. Maybe he's not. But let me just keep going. Verse 28, since they didn't think it worthwhile to acknowledge God, let, please talk to me about how I don't think it's worthwhile to acknowledge God. Please, please show me, unpack the ways that I think that. Okay, cool. God abandoned them to a defective mind. I'd love for y'all to talk to me about how God has abandoned me. First of all, that God has abandoned me. I'd love to hear that, how, how you see that in my life. And talk to me about my defective mind, okay? Please look at my work ethic and my schedule and what I write and talk to me about my defective mind. But cool, look at, still talking about me, right? Right? I'm talking about me. I'm not talking about you, talking about me, okay? Um, so they were, I'm sorry, Kaylee. I'm going to finish this up really, really quickly. So they were filled with all injustice, wicked behavior, greed, evil behavior. They are full of jealousy. You think I'm jealous of you? You think I'm jealous? Cool. You hold on. I hope that helps you sleep at night. Uh, murder? Murder? Me? Like, like, it just piles up. I mean, really? Here's the thing. This is a rhetorical advice, a device, because here's what Paul is trying to do. Paul is just trying to talk to these people, the church in Rome, and he's using this for example, and this for example is like a really embellished for example. There are no people like this. 
This is rhetorical. He's just trying to make a point and he's going overboard because he's like, y'all really think I don't see you, but you think I see them. And you think they are these really, really evil things. And yet let's actually talk about you. So I'm challenged. I'm challenged that when we read this text, we miss what Paul is actually trying to do. And that, ah, oh, that just challenges me so much. Okay, I'm sorry. Edit what you need to, Haley. Uh, that was my challenge. I wanted to thank you for that point, Derek, because I think it, um, yeah, it's it's a really good point and a perspective that I wasn't reading it so closely that I <laughs> caught on to that. Um, and I, um because of partially because that book that you told me to read I've been thinking a lot about scapegoating and scapegoat theory and that's like my um I feel like I'm like like this is like forbidden but that's my um atonement theory and scapegoat atonement theory um which is this idea that like Jesus is showing us the way of like don't don't scapegoat other people. Don't blame other people. Like I'm, like I'm doing that. Like when you do that, you do that to me, and stop doing that. And reflecting on that for months and months, I think the way out of that is taking personal responsibility and thinking about the ways that like we need to take blame and the capacities that we need to take it instead of projecting it outwards. Um, yeah, and I didn't expect to find that in Romans 1, but I, um, Romans 1 and 2, but I, I appreciate that um, insight. No, I really appreciate it as well. And um, I just want to go back to the, the phrase you used, if people are unfamiliar, this is one of those texts that is often called a clobber passage. And it's a passage that's specifically used to um, target um, the LGBTQIA plus community um, as people who are living outside of whatever God would have for them, that they're, we're going to pull this out of context and we're going to use it um, to uh, infer, uh, in, incur some sort of shame and guilt on, uh, on a community or a type of people. Um, and I definitely hear the the whole that that wasn't really the point or this is like a specific example and it's still i would say is my challenge because um there is this sense that just because somebody is using it wrong doesn't mean it doesn't still bring about harm. And I mean, there are just certain passages of the Bible, um, especially in the Hebrew Bible that like, you're not even supposed to read until you're a certain age. I know we talk a lot about like song of Solomon that way, because there's a lot of sex in it, but actually the book of Ezekiel, you're supposed to be in your thirties before you get to read. And that book is trippy. If you haven't read it, I'm just telling y'all that right now, but I do think there's this sense that, um, There is context, there is theological maturity. And I also think there's this lens of 
love that that almost feels like it has to be a prerequisite for to be able to really wrestle with passages like this. Um, I think when I was trying to get to the root of this section, it just felt like I feel like the language has to be precise, so I don't know if it'll come out as precise as I hope it'll be, but it felt like the point of this, the for instance, is that this is a group of people who has created God for themselves in some sort of way whether that looks like certain practices, whether that looks like images they've created, whether that looks like, you know, upholding a a group of people so that like murder's not so bad if you're not in that in group or whatever, like this is, there's just a lot of different things that are happening where God is being created. And Paul is saying like, God isn't something that could be created. God is something that is revealed. God is something that is that exists and is full of glory and power and and things that that we couldn't even pretend to understand. So in some ways it is a little bit ironic when there are people that put themselves in God's in group because they see the scripture a certain way when it seems like what they've done is kind of create a God that they like out of it. Um, And the fact that a lot of us emerge challenged and questioning who God really is for us. Um, Not about, you know, who we love or, you know, who we choose to have sex with or anything like that, but, but, um, like who God really is and what God really thinks about, um, people in our society who aren't included and who have great, uh, need and are being overlooked and missed. Um, I guess to me, it challenges me. Yes. Partially because I just don't like that this was the, for instance, that Paul chose and that I'm living in a time where that is very harmful to people that I care about very much. But because I also emerge from it wondering what are the things that have made me feel like safe and that I am definitely someone that God um, would be pleased with and someone that God cares um like about the same things I care about without realizing that I'm also not God. And so sometimes the things I care about, um, maybe I care about them and maybe God is like, you're missing the point of so many other things. And that's just a challenging place to be in because yeah, it's just very big. This is a tough passage. And and I just, if I could just say really quickly, um, I, I hope that I've not minimized the the challenge. Um, you know, I come to the text with a lot of commentaries and history and experience and wrestling with other people, right? And many of us are coming to the text with our one Bible and our 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 eyes and our ears and our fear that what people say about this text is how God really feels about 
either us as queer people or the people that we love that are queer. And so I don't want to minimize that. If anything, I just want to be that one little like, I don't know if that's actually true, but not to minimize the harm that has been done with this text. Um, so I just want to name that. Thanks for clarifying that, Derek. I definitely didn't get that impression, but it is always good to make sure that people know where we're coming from. And um, Brooke, uh, if you'll add your challenge, I know you um, jumped in on another point, but I won't, don't want to miss your challenge. Yeah, I, I think I have two things to say. We'll end up if it, see if it ends up being two things. But um, the first is like, I... Um, I do feel sadness reading this passage or reading the parts that I would say are kind of homophobic because I, um, I came into it, you know, um, when I was like, you know, when you're like exposed to homophobic theology and you're like, oh no, that's not right. Especially when I, when I did this in 2000. 14-ish when I don't know there just like weren't as many affirming Christians like that just wasn't as much of like in the air as it is now and you know like I came across a video I forgot his name but this guy like he made a video about like talking about the clobber passages and dismantling them um and I I haven't like memorized what you said but every time someone says something I'm like no like that's not what it meant like he was talking about like um you know abusing young boys like saying things like that but then I come to his past and I'm like oh no like I think he's like being pretty explicitly homophobic um and I didn't like want to tear into it um and I do um for me it's easy like maybe a little bit too easy <laughs> to approach the text with like okay, Paul wrote this, but we all believe Paul was human. Paul was influenced by his time period. Um, we can see his mistakes even in his writings, and it would make sense that he would come from this cultural context and have this cultural bias, and we should leave that behind. That's really easy for me to say, um, but I do feel sadness over the ways that this text has been used to hurt people, is being used to hurt people. And the fact that, yeah, like there are a lot of LGBTQ plus people now and throughout history who've come to this text and that this has really hurt them, um, both like internally and externally. Um, and I do want to keep in mind as we read these passages and as I study the Bible more, both how we can interpret it in that lens of love that I think is the Christian way we are meant to interpret the Bible through the loving lens of Jesus, um, while also holding and remembering the ways that certain verses have been weaponized for harm and to have that mindfulness and awareness um, to prevent that from happening in the future. But I think the thing that's challenging me, kind of like on the note of what Derek was saying, how it's like not the text that's challenging so much, it's like the reaction to the text, if that's right. Um, I feel like what's challenging me, my challenge is, um, is my own resistance 
where um, I come to the Bible um, kind of confrontationally. Um, I tend to come to the Bible where I'm like, not this, not this, not this, maybe this. Um, like I, um, it's really easy for me to reject parts of it and specifically to reject parts of the New Testament writings, especially Paul's writings. Um, and I don't, I don't want to stop wrestling with the text, but I do feel challenged, especially by what you said, Derek, about like framing it, like the real purpose of it. I do feel challenged to think about what is really being said. Um, and not, not just to see like, do I agree with this? Do I not agree with this? But to really ask like, what is being said here? Like what point is Paul making? Um, because I think, I think I currently don't know that. And I think I would find a lot of insight and in taking a second to pause um, and learn and reflect on that, especially since we're going to be spending so much time with this text this semester. Well, you started this podcast saying you wanted to come in with some humility. And I feel like that is like a very humble statement. Um, and there is a sense that the way that Paul is writing, the way that Paul is speaking um, in this passage follows a, a form and a structure that is just very different from the way people would make arguments today. Um, this is so there is this sense, um, and, and, and there's also the sense that we we don't tend to sit down and read Romans in its entirety. And so being able to make the connections of this little point is actually talking about something larger happening over there because we read it in, you know, five to 12 verses at a time, because that's what we can kind of take in and digest and look for our blessing out of that small section versus kind of the larger way it's being used um, is, is part of the reason why it's really hard for us to read Romans or, or many chapters or many um, sections of the Bible, because they're just written in forms we don't fully understand. And I say that not as someone who fully feels like I understand it, like something that I've studied, but still challenges me all the time. Um, so yeah. And I, we're also like in the middle of a really tough argument. I'll just say that too, because we ended on three twenty, which like we're in the middle of Paul making this whole argument about like everyone not being righteous. And we haven't kind of gotten to the faith part, which is coming and we'll talk about it a little bit next time. Um, so yeah. So even in trying to take this by sanctions, by sections and themes, we've still cut off kind of like mid themes. So, um, but yeah, I, I do believe that there is blessing and hope for us, even in things that are challenging us. And, um, as much as there are passages that I struggle with, I haven't, found a ton of them that I just want to like completely cut out of the Bible, even as difficult as this is, because I feel like it's a larger thing. So um, my, our last question is, you know, what is your blessing? What is the thing that you're walking away from? So we're going to start with Derek this time. 
So the thing that blesses me about this passage is actually in chapter one, verse seven. Um, Paul says, to those in Rome who are dearly loved by God and called to be God's people, grace to you and peace from God our Father in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I just, I love that because that to those in Rome, like who is he talking about? If he's talking about a very specific group of people that we could easily identify by their actions or by their heritage, then that completely nullifies what this whole letter is about. He's talking about everyone in Rome having the opportunity to be invited into God's family. Everyone in Rome. And I, I am blessed that, and that I can take that and read that through the rest of this letter. And again, it's hard. And I'm not, I'm not saying, again, I don't want to minimize how, you know, what has been done. But, oh my gosh, to those in Rome who are dearly loved by God. And he's not saying that only some people in Rome are dearly loved by God. That would be antithetical to the gospel. He's saying that everyone in Rome is dearly loved by God and invited. And oh, I'm so blessed by that. And that this is, and again, just remember, there are a lot of people in first century AD Christianity that don't think these Christians in Rome should actually be a part of Jesus's family. The lovely thing about the gospel is every time we try to cross someone off the list, the Holy Spirit's like, are you serious? Really? You don't think, watch me do my thing. It's, I'm really blessed by that verse and its implications towards the gospel and its implications for this entire letter. Thanks, Derek. Um. My blessing is that even in the section that can be used in such an exclusive way that the point is inclusion. Um, and we're just kind of starting to get to the detail of that with um, conversation around like circumcision and like Gentiles being included Um but there's this sense, um, like the way that he says God shows no partiality. Um, I think we could just say like, like no one is excluded that God is like reaching everyone. That's, that's my blessing. Um, and, and a bit of a, a challenge to um, to be able to make that well known because um, it's not always clear <laughs> when we read. So, um, yeah, uh, Rook, what is your blessing? I think my blessing is really. Um, the interpretation you gave during challenges, Derek, of how it goes from, um, these are all the things humans do wrong. Like, this is how horrible we can be. Um, and that's what you do. Like, that's what we do. Like, that, thinking about that profound turn of it, 
Um, and I really feel inspired. I really feel inspired to think about, to find those undercurrents more, to find it. Um, my copy of Romans for Normal People is coming in the mail tomorrow, or it should. Um, I'm about to go on a trip and I feel really inspired to just like dig into that book while I'm on it and just really think about um, what this text is saying. Um, and I mean, like you did, Derek, during challenges, like you told us what it really meant and you like turned, I would say, that incorrect interpretation on its head. And I feel really inspired to. Um, I feel really inspired, especially because I'm wanting to go to seminary soon, um, but to pay, pay attention to this book and to other books, not just so I can understand, but so that the liberating truth at the core can be better illuminated. Um, and yeah, I feel, um, I feel blessed by this invitation I felt to think more about Paul's writings and especially what he's going to say here in Romans. Thank you, Brooke. Um, and Neil, would you like to leave us with your blessing? Yeah, sure. Um, I think, I think when it comes to like passages like these, uh, and I think we've all sort of like talked around or we've all basically said the point that I'm going to make, but it's like, when it comes to like difficult passages or difficult moments in life, whatever it is like there, uh, there's just, you have to look underneath the surface of what is actually happening. Kind of like what Derek was saying about like the they versus you moments. Like it's a subtle switch, you know, uh, but it like reshapes how you read it. And then, you know, you think a lot about, historical context and everything like that like you need to take a step back and look at the whole picture before you make a judgment based on like an isolated event or an isolated passage or even just a verse like you have to step back and say well how did we get here what is he talking about who is he talking to and like you know, like, is this, you know, like you just have to look back and see the whole thing because, you know, if you do take it out of context, right. Which, you know, and that's why this is like a clobber text, right? Like that's why people have used it as an excuse to like, you know, judge the, the LGBT community and whatnot, but it's just, it's because you've taken it out of context that you're able to like misuse it and look at it very differently. Whereas if you just take a step back, you'll find that there actually is wisdom and the that, that Paul is trying to get a point across and so uh yeah just uh, no no text is beyond redemption thank you all for your likes your challenges your blessings for opening up uh the beginning of uh this podcast together and this beginning section of Romans and we'll continue to go through the letter as the semester unfolds. Um, and I know that there will be blessings ahead. So um, thanks, Brooke. Thanks, Neil. Thanks, Derek. And thank you for listening. Bye, friends. <laughs>